Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by the beautiful people at 4 Golf Custom. Head there for your 5-star service and your tour-level experience custom fitting. Do it today. 4golf.ie forward slash booking. Tell them Paddy sent you. They might charge you more, they might charge you less. But everybody should get fit there, at least once in their lives. Um, they're not about a volume business. You get fit in 4Golf and you mightn't see them again for 6 years. So this is the business model because they build stuff. They build clubs and build better golfers so well. Um, everyone, tip to toe, top to toe of the country. And also some buys from Watford on tour. Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at 4Golf Custom. They've custom fit my golf clubs for years and they're the best in the business. So that's Seamus on tour, multiple tour winner, PGA Tour. Top 30 in the world? Is he 33rd or top 30 now? But uh, making serious strides and looking forward to having him on real soon. No pressure there. Shame who's. But uh, this week you have pressed play because you've probably seen um, prolific PGA pro in the title or whatever I'm going to name it. Most possibly I'm just going to call it Liam Grehan. Um, he sat down, came to the house, came to the studio. First podcast episode in the studio, so I know there's a bit of work to be done on the sound. Anyway, I was speaking into the room, so I'm not happy with my sound, but it's it's good. It's, it, it's very listable. But um, yeah, really happy to spend more time with Liam. We've played a bit of golf together, um, situated himself in the K-Club there. And uh, yeah, he's a prolific golfer. But I wanted to get stuck into how he addresses full-time job and mapping practice and performing at an elite level. I'm fitting it all together. So... Get stuck in, sit back, get ready with the coffee, roll it there, Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What do you get at? I sure am. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm a Mullingar man. Nile Horn country. Nile, exactly. Do you know Nile? Do you know Nile? I would have played some junior golf with him back, jeez, uh, we were like 12 or 13, before X Factor, before all that. Before he had the decent fringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he really got the golf bug after. I don't know, we must have, I must have inspired him as a kid. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like I know you, what, I know you, what, like five years now? Probably, yeah. First yeah. time I met you, we played with McLean. And Hackett. Yeah, and Port yeah, Port Mar- Mar- the winter series Port Mar- mm. Mar- We both like, featured that day, I think. We did. I came I came third, but I asked <laughs> I asked um, Connor, can you not put me in third because I was meant to be working today? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're punishing the results, just put someone else third. Yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. the score, I'll take the score for my <laughs> handicap, but don't put me oh, in the social media. <laughs> and I I first went to that day and I was like He's hitting this ball really. Like you were just back from the states. Yeah, yeah, not it was long. Like two thousand, late two thousand nineteen. I'd say so. Yeah, I moved back from the states when I started twenty nineteen. Yeah. So. And the reason I say that is because this lad's on baller because he's got Europe baby blades in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> and then there isn't a mark outside the sweet spot like this lad's are real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Mioras, they're still in the bag. So uh, yeah, you took that news, did you? I'm getting them. Getting them yeah, early next year. So. You threw up a head there. And oh, yeah, they're there. stunning them ones. The MC502s, yeah. I need a bit of, I need a bit more forgiveness. I can't, I can't be rocking those just yet. You just need feedback, that's all. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd get plenty of feedback. That's the problem. <laughs> What's your earliest memory of playing golf? Probably, 
I got really into it when my cousin Sean was in the Darren Clark school. He's the pro Matt Wolsey actually now, so he was probably four or five years older than me. Is, there, is he Gretchen as well? Oh, don't know who. Okay. So there's, like, there's Gretchen's everywhere. There's you, there's Stewie, there's... Matthew, yeah, yeah. And we are no relation. <laughs> so Sean's mum is a Gretchen, so that's... Okay. Yeah, so he got good, and then I kind of got like, God, there might be something about this, and I got into it big time then, so... How old were you? I got my first proper handicap when I was 12 or that. It was like 18 when I was 12 or so. Out in Mullingar. In Mullingar, yeah. <laughs> What's the... I ask people, what are the competing sports? Did you have other sports growing up? I have two left feet, so football. I'm a horrific footballer. I was more into music. That was that was my love growing up, and then I just got got onto a Leinster panel. When I was like 14 or 15. and got hooked on golf. So that's that's kind of how I've led into it. Well, I've weaved in between the music and golf. So yeah. during COVID times, there you went back sitting on the couch and the and on the bed playing music. So yeah, yourself, yeah. That's yourself and uh, yourself and Brendan and Pomarnock next week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and you foil it can dance. I've seen that. That clip uh, is hilarious. Yeah. I had him on, I had him on earlier and I was like, you didn't it's like, I can't be doing any more of that. <laughs> but he did it the right time of year, Grand yeah. Casey's place. Um so competing sport uh, music so. Yeah. So, yeah. So like I studied music tech in college in Maynooth. So okay. I was kinda of had the two passions in one, so I've been on the golf scholarship there, studied music. And that was the reason I moved to the States. So, like, I was decent in college. I was off plus one, plus two. But, like, our team was Gary Hurley, Stuart Graham, Robin Dawson. Was that Gary Hurley for <laughs> He's all right. He's he all can right play. Yeah, yeah. He can play. Yeah. Yeah, so who was on the team? Gary Hurley. Stuart Graham. It was Sean Flanagan. Kyle McCarran. Jack McDonnell. Um, I, I miss him. Probably missing a good few there. Kyle Butler. There was loads of us. And, like, oh, yeah. standard was high. So it was hard to get in that team. So I never really thought of kicking on with the golf. The music was where I was going. And they all played like to set the standard for people. Anyone going to my news around the team, even now, like now, it's different, different class altogether. You're, you're, there are fringes of Walker Cups and on Walker. But they were teams. that time. Gary was. Yeah, Gary was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all. They all played homes. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the standard that goes into my news is. They were an Irish team, or better, yeah. like you know, like they were world class. Really, like they were winning, winning European universities and all sorts. So it was, it was great time to learn and be there. But I don't think I really appreciate how good the lads were and I kind of was like right I need to go down another route and then I somehow came around again. So why America? Music I, or golf? Music originally. Okay. So I worked in a studio in Laurel Canyon like it was cool where I was interned for a few months but it was tough going tough to pay rent in a, as an intern in a recording studio it was cool the, the studio I was at was like. Was it like mine? This is, a the little first, bit. this is the first episode done from the studio. My yeah, wife, my well, wife hates. My we had wife. we had some shore mics like this as well. <laughs> yeah, my wife hates. I call it the studio. She's like it's the office. <laughs> if I'm going to the office, I have to go into like not walkies. Or, like I, I can't go into the office. I have to disassociate. Yeah, yeah. But I said it's to get you in the right headspace too. You know exactly. I'd say your music board is a little bit bigger than this phone-sized yoga. Oh yeah, it was a proper SSL desk. <laughs> Size of a wall. Fifty grand's worth, I'd say. Like yeah, yeah. But it was cool. Like it was. It was right beside like Carol King's house where like she recorded with James Taylor and like it was there was a lot of history around it. It was just around the corner from where the Red Hot Chili Peppers recorded in the mansion. So like Jesus where they recorded Christ. Stadium Arcadium <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So it was cool. 
Yeah. I, the reason and I'm interested in these questions is like my whole family. When people ask me who I am from, I say I mm. killed Fenora. Yeah, because Fenora Kaylee Vans. Yeah, exactly. Because it immediately puts the other person on the back foot. Because ninety-nine percent of the time, people have no fucking clue where that is. Yes. And they're yeah. asking another question. <laughs> so it's great for interviews. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, so you probably know for two things, uh, Kaylee Band or Father Ted. So, <laughs> yeah, two you know, two great Irish. Uh, well, the reason I'm into the music is like obviously the Katie mm. band. My dad was in it for like ten years, and my uncle is still the leader oh, of the band. Oh wow! So I didn't know that. that. So like when I'm talking about like deaths in music, it's all that side of it. All yeah, goes, yeah. Obviously. Uh, yeah, that's deadly. I met the uncle there. He was in Nays this week actually. And mm. I was like, any any old job there uh, producing the next album? No? <laughs> <laughs> so intern in the recording studio. What was next? Because so, you did a bit of golf performance work over, over there. there. So actually, you know Stephen Walsh. I know of Stephen Walsh. So Stephen was music over and with Karagoff now. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. So Stephen was over visiting in like Paddy's daytime. So he stayed with us in the apartment, and bum, uh, pure bum, just coming over and sleep on Graham's couch. Ah, uh, he was travelling around and he wanted to play a bit of golf in LA. So we played, and he int- well, I briefly met the UGP lads through Adrian Kilgrew, another Irish guy out in LA. But Stephen kind of pushed. Was like you. What are you doing with that that fella? He was it was tough going where I was working, so um, he introduced me again to the UGP lads, and I started with them kind of April time, twenty eighteen, I suppose. A good while ago now. Who do I follow from him? He's, he always wears the coloured socks. Sheldon, Sheldon, the yeah. trainer. Yeah, he's unreal. He if you started my saved albums. There's mobility, which I said I'm going to Robbie Canada <laughs> kill me. All the stairs, Sheldon videos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sheldon's a class act. He started probably three or four months after I did. Okay. Yeah. So like the the team there were unbelievable. Like there was Leo Rooney, who's his dad's Irish Swedish guy. He competed long drive. He's like six foot six, built like a tank. Hits a country mile. But we had like Rick Sessinghouse, Mark Howe's coach, was started as the director of mental game when I was there. So it was cool. I was doing a bit of teaching and got to shadow him doing mental game sessions and it was class. So I've, I'm working on his stuff now with the Flow Code Academy and doing that. So trying to improve for next year very, that way. So it was cool to learn from them. UGP, Urban, urban Golf Performance. So yeah, oh, it's an incredible facility and I think they've, they've three or four now. I was there in the original location and they opened up the second one in Orange County when I was there as well so learned a lot from them like they're they're thorough even just running a business like down the line if I'm if I ever opened up my own place I'll be thinking of the stuff I learned from them like they're they're just top class like I like mm. that's that's like like I look back and like where I've worked and mm. completely different fields right but my first job was in the beef industry okay like not sexy at all Right. Well, a good Irish beef. Yeah, yeah. good old Irish beef. Yeah. Every job in the factory, not yeah. glamorous. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Far from the fancy yeah. studio, no. But uh, but it did teach me everything for all I've used since. So like, okay, yeah. For example, when I worked in Italy, oh, I'm very well travelled. Interesting. Very well travelled and interesting <laughs> me, just as much as you. I'm competing now, name dropping everywhere. Yeah. But I'm getting to it. Uh, in terms of when you turn around, you want to do something yourself. You look back where you've been and how mm. they did and you want to do things maybe better or more yeah. streamlined. Is the way. Never call the baby ugly. Never yeah. call the baby ugly. <laughs> but it was like, we'd have a conference call, 15, 20 mm. people representing each country where we were a market. Mm. And if you saw like strip lights, right, the farmers isn't this fucking kill me, right? <laughs> <laughs> like 25 euro a kilo in Italy, right? Yeah. They bought two boxes. If you sold for 24.90 the week after, you'd be ripped out of it. Wow. So like cents per kilo. Yeah. So anything I look it's at so now, everything was compared to zero, so precise, 
because you take 20 cent a kilo in a 20 kilo box and then you've like I know 30 boxes on a pallet and you're 24 pallets on a truck mm. that's a lot of things it adds up it adds <laughs> up yeah and then you find the marginal trucks. gains yeah. exactly yeah right. so that's when whenever when I, when I chat out about career at work or mm. if they want to start a podcast or whatever I go tell me a bit about yourself first and go what you do there what you do there what do you take from that so you yeah the you know, skills you learned over over time because people don't recognize Mm. And oftentimes when I'm the chat to people for this podcast, they'll be like, actually, yeah, I, I've done loads of fucking stuff. <laughs> and they walk yeah. out, I'm unreal. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why did you come back to Ireland? Um, my visa ran out, actually. So that's, was, often, that's often the yeah. decisions made for you. Then. I was looking at getting an E3 visa, and that still hasn't come through. So kind of probably wasn't the worst time, because it was like 2019, and then but COVID happened, and a lot changed since then, like... I still down the line wouldn't wouldn't mind moving back. LA was class. Like the weather's pretty nice. I think the ideal scenario would be six months over there, six months back in Ireland. But uh, the people do look at Keelan Mac. Yeah, know? he's he living like, it he up. He does eight to ten months in New Jersey. And he goes, no, I think I, I think I, I think go to, go to Florida. I think go to Florida for a while. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I think he was in LA. Was he? I think he was there in Carlsbad down down at all yeah, the like slumming it. Yeah, yeah. There's like TaylorMade, Callaway. All the headquarters are down there. So. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to do, and that's part of the reason I'm like, what was your competitive event to go do what you do now? Because I, my competitive event was not to go. Yeah. Because I did mechanical engineering. Mm. My whole focus leaving search was like, I want to go design golf clubs. Yeah. I want, I, I knew all about the carbon fibers, I knew all yeah. about the different strains of titanium going into college, and then I got stuck in like turbo dynamics class for four years, and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> but my competitive event was, I didn't go on J1s. Okay. I didn't go and look for an internship for three months in Carlsbad, and they're mm. all, hindsight 2020s, so yeah. and I was like, just go do, just mm. go do it, and if you're homesick or whatever, like, it, it, Ireland's here, it's here in two weeks' time, you can come yeah. back if you hate it. Exactly. So yeah. that's why I asked that question. So, yeah. K Club. Yeah, so I came back from LA and started in the K Club kind of... Slumming it. It's not bad, it's not <laughs> bad. We're in, good, we're in good company there. You, you know Niall Malloy pretty well at this stage. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Niall kind of... I was originally caddying and he he talked me into starting the shop, but I don't regret that now. It's, it's, a, it's a great place to be. So that was like 2019 and then it sold early 2020. So Michael Featherson took over and he's, he's just made the place unbelievable now. Just, we're getting to Fellowship and K-Club now and the vision and the team in a second. Um, you came back from America, from the UGP with people like Rick mm. Sessinghouse and my guy Sheldon and all this yeah, knowledge. Yeah. And you went fucking caddying. Well, I was trying to caddy and play. So okay. I actually got... That was a different spin. Yeah, yeah. You came back with all this knowledge and then you're just too modest. Yeah, to no, like, I wanted, no, to, I wanted to play on, some amateur golf for a while. Okay. got on the Leinster team. But then COVID happened. Like, so I got on the Leinster panel for the next year. Then COVID happened. Like, I wanted to, my goal was to play for Ireland at that stage. But then with COVID happening, just everything was pushed back. I, I then decided to turn pro at that time. So I would have just like that. would have tried to hang around a little bit. But the big reason was Michael Federson offered me the role as assistant pro. So that's. Okay, competing event, why did you turn pro? Why did you like, do you know what? I'm, did you ever plan this out? Yeah, yeah. We're okay, we're good. good so. Yeah, we're good oh yeah. So. We're good. So yeah, you I did all right in the times, but uh, <laughs> that was before sticked. I went to the states. Yeah. So Michael Featherson is a competitive event for you to a pro. Oh yeah. Tell yeah. me about that. So I'd say I think it was just after the first lockdown we played. So it was me and Michael against MJ and Connor O'Rourke, and we played like pretty well. Like, MJ. MJ Featherson's Michael's son. Okay, so MJ gotcha. works in golf services with us, and. 
I think I shot five under and Connor shot seven. Over. Um, under. <laughs> <laughs> we both eagled the last and then Michael was just like, you should turn pro. Like, and kind of convinced me there and then and do not, do not regret that now. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's so what's, what's the path for, for turn pro? For, for, is it PGA? PGA it, route, yeah. Because okay. I, I learned a lot about teaching in the States as well. So I always wanted to do that down the line. I just wanted to play a bit first. Now it's turned out I'm playing a bit as a pro, so it's a nice, a nice way I've, I've gone about it. So I started like assistance events, and I started pretty well in the PGA stuff. Like you started pretty well. I was pinging you on Instagram, <laughs> and he plays like an event a week, sometimes two events a week. And, and for people listening, I don't think Liam was outside the top three for like the first five events. I had a great so, start, yeah. A great, look how yeah. this fucker is. Yeah, I had a good start. Well, what actually happened was... I'd be there posting all about it, first again, first again, first again. <laughs> I'd be like, I wouldn't be able to contain myself. During the lockdown, I actually, at home, built a, an AstroTurf green. My uncle's a builder, gave me a digger, and I built it. So I actually improved a ton of the lockdown, hitting balls into net most days, practicing just hours every day. So I never would have had that time before. The lockdown came, I improved a sight, and then came out and started playing well. So... It's been a, been a good couple of years. That was like 21 in term pro, or start the VGA, kind of that time. So the reason I wanted you on is A, you're, you're a great crack. <laughs> you play music. You're well-traveled and interesting. So ticked all the boxes. Somewhat, somewhat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bit more traveling too. But it's because you have a full-time job in yeah. services. Yeah. How many hours 39 hours. 39 hours a week. week. Yeah. Do you get lunch every day? Uh, we do. Yeah, <laughs> we do. <laughs> so you need to pay Charlie happy to take the box. You do a 39 hour week. And then you have to turn. You, you want to be super competitive yeah, in golf and yeah. play at a really elite level. Yeah. So map out, like, do you map out? Because you showed me if we played together in Millicent where you casually shot the course record today. <laughs> <laughs> your, that was you, the thing you could your see. Your head won't get out the door. <laughs> your head won't get out the door after this. But, like, my main question was, like, he worked 30 hours. I barely worked 30. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I blame the kids. Um, like, how do you compartmentalize your day? You showed me your phone, and I was just like, this, 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 I have this, to be this, pretty this, organized, this, this. yeah. My admin skills improved this year from trying to <laughs> get everything aligned. Um, luckily, like, I finish work straight on the way to the cars. I see the driving range there, so. It gets I, in your way. It gets in my way. I'd be, it, during the summer, it'd be, it'd be bad of me not to, not to stop off for a little while and hit balls. So, like, I was working five days and probably had two pro-ams most weeks during the summer and then there was a few clutch events I was playing in the UK so I was taking holidays for them, flying over, flying back, I could arrive in at one o'clock and then in the pro shop at seven the next morning. There'd be plenty of, there'd be plenty of lads and they'd be like, oh, I feel a bit sick now after that. Well, so. look, it was, it was exciting and it still is exciting so there was a, probably a bit of adrenaline over the summer when I was playing well, like the K-Club's a nice place to work at the best times, members are great, we had plenty happening. Like huge program this year that like we were all working and helping helping out so it was a busy probably one of the busiest summer the cattle have ever had so wait, till, wait till next year yeah yeah irish show for next year but it's yeah it was a it was a balancing act but luckily we're it's a nice place to be able to practice after work and even this time of year k golf world is there so it's uh even now we can still get some, get some work done so that's great but I'm going to say everybody listening, you're like, oh yeah, sure, he walks past the drive range anyway to the car. But like, for anyone, I suppose, from Kandeo Town up to, I suppose, Hoth, Sutton, down to Dunleary, that kind mm. of triangle, 
nearly everyone will drive past or, or near <laughs> yeah. a range or a facility or whatever. All it takes is a conversation. If you're not a member, go in, chat to the product, want to do this, can we start another thing, can we do whatever? If you yeah. don't ask, you don't get, right? Yeah. I do it fucking plenty. I beg less. Mm. <laughs> Glenn Robinson hurts me. He doesn't. <laughs> I, can his, I can see his office from my office. <laughs> okay. So what I, what I want to ask you is, okay, like... I make a point of going to the K or going to Millicent or going wherever, going mm. to the range. There's three ranges around this. Yeah. We're nearly spoilt because mm. I grew up in, I grew up in uh, Kilfenora. Yeah. <laughs> and there wasn't close, <laughs> close to the Hinch. <laughs> there wasn't a golf shop for okay. fucking 20 miles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like the Hinch is there, but like, whatever, facilities wise, if you went to go out your way to mm. do something, school was 16 miles the other direction, yeah. so they weren't going to drive <laughs> to the Hinch, whatever. Mm. And there was hardening about all those excuses. But I mean, for people listening, you yeah you'd arrange on site or whatever you're everyone's close to arrange or they can yeah. make the time is what i'm trying to say this elongated sentence right so how do you map your week how do you so like the hours are given to you is it yeah yeah they have a bit around primes or yeah something yeah like that. how do you decide how do you map your practice and um, well i've worked a bit with dylan Byrne. he's a member in the case does a lot of stats work like works with Ryder cup teams president's cup teams and a few of the players as well so He's on Instagram. What's his name on Instagram? Dylan, Bur- I actually don't know his Instagram. I find like it in a, and I'm asking, can I put a link in below in case? Oh yeah, like yeah. Co- Dylan's like class act. Operations, especially with like the X. You see photos of him <laughs> drinking with Adam Scott at the President's Cup Casual. there. So <laughs> casual. <laughs> yeah, having a great time. <laughs> but he's a he's top class like data science stuff. So I use Golf Metrics, and he's okay. kind of delved into that for me. So I've to learn. Like work a lot in like wide planes, like 150 to kind of 100. I have a lot of room for improvement there, so that's kind of what I'm focusing on this time of year. When you say a lot of room for improvement, what dispersion are we talking about here? About a shot around. So okay, I think I was losing one shot around in that distance against PGA Tour. So like that's I think it was nine shots per round I was kind of having in that range, and I was losing a shot. So it's so over the course of a two-day PGA event or a four-day tournament, shots. that could be two to four shots. Yeah, which is massive. It is a, an awful lot. So it's it's nice to have these low-hanging fruit to get better, but it's like wow, I, I wouldn't have seen that only for for Dylan. So I can kind of tailor my practice towards that, and I would have learned a lot from the lads at UGP about like skill acquisition, motor learning. So it's like trying to make the practice a little bit harder than your current ability so you're not going to the range just to flush them you can hit it yeah, i go to the range now right now i go to the range with a mindset of like whatever move i'm trying to make but after that i'm just there i'm just trying to flush it yeah you can get into a rhythm of just hitting the ball well 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 but if you're not actually testing yourself yeah you're not really pushing yourself to to retain that information so like if you just aimlessly hit at the same target for hours on end you might groove something if you're working on technique but when you're working on performance stuff it's not really the best and most efficient way to do it so what is it's it's that kind of balance between your skills and your your like challenge basically so it has to match it and it's like you, you can kind of reach a flow state from getting that skills challenge balance perfect so like just making things a little bit harder until it's a little bit of a struggle. When it's a little bit frustrating, that's where you, you're focused really well and you actually retain the, the practice you do. So I try and try and do that at the best as I can. Still have a lot to learn about it, but it's uh, yeah, you can be efficient with what you're doing by just making that a little bit harder. And just setting up targets in the range, setting up, depends on what 
you need to work on. For myself and wedge play, it could be like hitting random distances, but like trying to get them within a certain dip, certain proximity to the target. So we have GC quad in the case clubs. You're able to kind of measure that stuff and kind of you can measure week on week what you're doing, and you can be really precise and try and get better over time doing it that way so it's cool no it's like I definitely like I didn't need no statistics to tell me I was rotten, rotten. <laughs> <laughs> like 40 to 100 yards like mm. I always try to leave myself. I think I said it to you when we were playing I just need 119 yards yeah and it's <laughs> not 121 <laughs> 119 yards you have that like hip to hip pitch no edge and we're good yeah and it's like really zoned in so like I chat to Amber and it's like yeah so there, and when people say, oh, there's GC, like people are making excuses, oh, there's GC quad there and there's track band there and sure, I don't have that. And yeah, yeah. I went down the, the field here. It, it is a range, but it, like, it's a field. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just, it's just a cut field. So like, I had umbrellas out. Mm. Um, I old Amazon boxes out. Class. 30, 50, 70, and then like just 10 balls to each one. Brilliant. And you see, you have to collect them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's an even bigger impulse. You won't to get aimlessly better. just be You're be really falls. working on this yeah. person when yeah, you're exactly. collecting yourself. Um, but the reason I say to you, like, you have that performance aspect to your practice. Yeah. So do you go to the range of, like, I'm going to do X minutes of this or X amount of shots of, like, work on move or, like, a technical move, and then I'm going to park that and then I'm going to work on X amount of minutes or X amount of balls of performance work? It probably depends on the time of year. So this okay. time of year, I'll probably spend most of the sessions working on technique and working on a few things at the minute. But then middle of the summer, I'm not really looking at technique at all. Playing a lot, probably playing a lot more than I'm going to the range. Like I'll nip out for nine holes mainly. I did that this year. Yeah. I did that the back in the last year through to this year. And I, and I found myself like way more consistent on course. Mm. It's play, all about scoring, like, and it's... Yeah, play nine holes, like, there's a, there's a, there's a hole here in, in Craddockstown, the fifth, and mm. there's a bunker on the right, and, like, trees, an OB on the right. Mm. So my performance shot is, okay, I need to draw it off the bunker. Yeah, yeah. And if I get, if I have that shot, because I'm, like, I'm a prolific fader, power fader of the ball. Yeah. If I've got that control, I know, fuck, I'm, I'm You're on, on yeah. This is going right. to be a good day, yeah. But, like, I know I mean it, so, like, Saturday the hinge, watch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So like, yeah, how do you map, do you, do you segment practice or do you segment days based on your work as based well? Based on my work, the, luckily they're, they're really good at, if I have two programs in a week, they'll be my two days off, so it'll be before or after work I'll be squeezing in something, so usually the mornings it'll probably be the range because it's harder to get out for nine hours and be <laughs> back in for work, but the evenings, like, if I'm finished at four, if I'm in seven to four or something. You have six hours. Yeah. Effectively. In, yeah, in during the, the summer, the summer it's brilliant. Yeah. Like you can you can get a lot a lot done. Sunsets in the KR class. Yeah, yeah. As you can see in your in your uh, oh, calendar, you your little plug, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all sold. <laughs> <laughs> Did I weeks ago? Yeah, I know. so like we can go out and play there, so like it's yeah. pretty it's heaven on it and an evening playing at playing at the, the K Club. So it's it's a nice way to focus you better than just the range, like you can be really diligent on the range with your practice, but playing is really the, the way you improve your scoring. Like yeah, every shot in the range is flat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Unless you, you need to make it harder, like, yeah, like exactly. I was saying. So. Something I, like I gave a load of questions to you, like prep your, prep your range sessions, because mm. I follow James McNicholas a lot. I think I okay. told you to follow him yeah, a while ago. Yeah. He's on Corn Ferry Monday qualifying. And I, 
his my drills are his drills. Clash. <laughs> so like he picks um, ten targets on the range, varying distances, mm. and then he'll visualize a shot shape for each one. Class. So let alone change direction, but I want to hit this one low to fifty, high to one twenty fade. Yeah. So he'll call it and hit it, and then he'll go back down the ways. Yeah. So is that something like you're talking to? Like, because people go, I don't know what to do. Like, so like, you need to follow people on Instagram or read books. To f- is that what you do to find out how to yeah, map a lot of it, practice? Um, there's what's them guys? Peter Arnott. If that thing swing like tiger, it's really cool. So they kind of go Windows. into the what's that? Windows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's how he kind of visualized it. But I probably wouldn't go into as much about shot shape, and I find. The ball doesn't spin as much anymore. You're so not behind trees as much as I am. <laughs> <laughs> then you need to, then you need to, you need to shave it a lot. Yeah. Maybe I'm on the hinge, but when I, when I pay it from here, trees do get in the way. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you grew up with, with grass and letting the ball run. Yeah, exactly. Not the only shot shape I had to learn trees. was like a low one. <laughs> yeah, low, I, low, medium, high. I, growing I up that. in Mullingar, I definitely had to root myself around the trees a lot, but... I probably don't shape the ball a lot. I try and keep it pretty neutral, but get really good at distance control. Yeah. Because, like, if it, if I'm trying to fade it and draw it a lot, I feel like I get a two-way miss. Yeah. Whereas if I can try and hone into a, a small shape, not a whole lot, I don't really miss it both ways as much. So like, I don't have a big destructive drive. If I yeah, hit yeah. it pretty solid, I'll be close to three hundred and straight. So. That's a nice I'll be, way off I'll the tee. I'd be close to 300 in straight, just like you're fucking so casual. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that's, that's, that's the height of the season when you're playing well. So uh, that's, the, that's the way I look at it off the tee. And then with, with wedge play and irons getting really good at distance control. And once it's not curving a whole lot, you can, you can play from there. Like. No, no, like, I hope people are getting some value from this in yeah. terms of like making time. Because mm. the odd person, I don't say those people anymore. Because I'd be lying. The other person is, how did you do so much? Like, I didn't did do much else, supposedly <laughs> that way. That's the, like, yeah. like people ask me, like, oh, you have a job and you have this podcast. You can see this podcast is, is a bit of crack. Yeah, right? it's right? a great little setup here the now. The setup here is these now. You'd mm. be up in the spare room and, mm. like, it'd be a bit weird inviting you in and bring up to the bedroom. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be a bit weird. So, um, yeah, this is the work setup. But I mean, people, how do you say you've. Kids and you're down the country the weekend mm. and like how do you do a podcast and all this like mm. you're playing golf every day because Instagram is not real. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're efficient. You get your snaps and you're playing. I posted of like uh, doing pattern on the range last week on like the Saturday of the frost. Yeah, <laughs> like at least like eleven, twelve people. The best like. Do the background level repair? And <laughs> that was definitely <laughs> for the summer, wasn't it? Didn't know about that. It was probably like two months earlier. Class. <laughs> People don't know, but yeah. um, what was I going to say? Yeah, like segmenting your time and, and people, you can make excuses. People are like, oh, I want to get better at golf. Mm. But then they'll sit down and they'll watch like four seasons of The Crown. Yeah. I don't imagine you've watched The Crown yet. No, no, look, I've, I've no Netflix <laughs> subscription, none of that stuff. So, uh, yeah. yeah, the only thing that kind of is playing guitar probably takes up most of my time like that. But yeah, during the summer, like it's, it's hell for leather. Traveling a lot, like I think I was played seven, seven events in England this year as well. So it's... Why it, was that a decision to go up and play the Clutch Tour? Because I had the boys on during COVID and Clutch when they just kind of got going. Yeah. And they really have an opportunity now to kind of take over from poor old Europro yeah. as well. 
Oh, so the touchlines are great. They run serious tournaments. The big and, thing for, and for Ams, if you're an amateur, you can play in it. Yeah. If like, you're, you fancy it, play in the back end. I played like the Challenge Series events, so it was like a swing of four events, and the winner of that order of merit wins a challenge. I can't remember how many. Maybe it was three or four Challenge Tour starts. So working full time and playing all the PGA stuff in Ireland, I couldn't play Euro Pro season. So like, I'm finally near the PGA now. I don't know what I'll do 100% percent yet for the PGA. This year. I was runner-up, runner-up. Oh, I thought you won it. No, no, oh, runner-up. Well, there you can better yourself next year. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Richard Kirkpatrick won it. I was runner-up in the Order of okay. But still get... Robbed, robbed. <laughs> he, won, he won by a little <laughs> bit now, so it was, it, was a, it was a good season. But that was why I kind of played them. You could get some challenge towards tarts out of it. I actually was going all right one, one week, and I signed for a wrong score. I had two holes in the wrong order. Shot four under in Birmingham. And yeah, that kind of took me out of the running for anything. So, yeah, that was a, a tough let. Learn, learning. Your admin has been on point since I entered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't make that mistake twice. So not just like happy in terms of like being self-motivating, in terms of like striving to be better. Not not just happy like crushing it on the the local PGA circuit. You're like, no, I want to go like a level up on a place on Crutch Tour because I can see me being good enough to play in those Challenge Tour events. Yeah, yeah. So. Part of it is like, what's the plan so for next year, or is there a three-year plan, or do you get on the back of the board and carry it in January and you write out the Roy McIlroy goals? Yeah, like yeah. Well, luckily, my big incentive now finishing the top three in the PJ in Ireland, you get into the PJ playoffs. So that's in Cyprus now in April. So it's the top three out of each of the seven UK and Ireland PJ regions. Do you, need, do you need a caddy that week? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> It'll. It's going to be class. It's where they have the Cyprus European Tour event after okay. Right Hills. And the winner of that gets five European tour starts. So I think even down to like fifth gets a start. So I, I don't know the full breakdown yet, but there's 21 in the field and they're elite players, but there's a, it's a nice incentive to be playing. So that's kind of what I'm working towards at the minute. That's plan A, if everything goes well, hopefully Sign into a K club. Bye-bye. Well, they'd be, they'd be pretty supportive with Irish Open. So yeah, uh, that'd be a nice way to work my way towards it. So that's plan A. Otherwise, I'll probably play a mix between PGA, Clutch, or I don't know. I heard rumours about something else happening with Europe, so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard nothing, I'm just pretending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is your favourite club in the bag? Driver. Well, Driver. That, that's no joke. Yeah, but like, it's, it's an old one. I'm, got, I'm what, more than you on What's in the bag? Something I wanted to do for Instagram is just go around people like PJ Pros and just like, that was in the bag. I, I went back to a 917, so it's like, I had it before I moved to America, and I'm still using it, so it's, it's behaving itself pretty nicely, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upgrade to the new title this one shortly. Do some testing, do some testing. You might wait eight months for it, but sure, look. Yeah. <laughs> I know, the title stats have been pretty good. <laughs> Keith, will, Keith will get me one day. Oh, dead, dead. <laughs> what do you do for fun? Music is like big, big, big for me. I like go to go to a few gigs. I was down at other voices in Dingle there recently, and get away from golf. Like this time of year was nice to get a little break and get down there. And well, golf is still fun for me. I I hit balls all day long. I love hitting balls. Yeah, like I'd go down to the field here, the little range, and I'd be like thirty balls. I'd be gone for like thirty minutes, forty minutes if I've this person is bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes me long to pick them up. And I come in and my wife like, so what are you thinking about? And they're going, absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's like meditation. <laughs> like, nothing. Yeah. Nothing goes on. Nothing goes on my head the best of times. But when I'm, <laughs> when I'm hitting shots, nothing. I'm yeah. not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about what I need to do. I'm not thinking about 
you know, the Secret Santa at the weekend, mm. you know, none of that. And that's the joy of it though. You can be social when you're playing, but when you're in your own shot, you're just in your own head, folks, and whatever you want to do. It kind of gets you away from a lot of other madness that's happening in the world. So that's why I, I enjoy it as well. You still looking down the coaching route? So you want to be a player? Yeah. <laughs> I still need to read that. Yeah. Comic family will eat me alive if I don't have that player read next time. Vision fifty four, isn't that them? Yeah. 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 So I've read the first chapter, so we're mm. getting there. We're getting there. It's on it's like when I'm on a Zoom call, don't tell work, we're on Zoom call. <laughs> read a couple of pages here. Yeah, yeah. That'll set you up for next year yeah. into the So you wanna be a player first, I'm assuming, you wanna yeah. see how far you can go there. Absolutely. And it's like plan do you still wanna just explore and explore more in the coaching? I love world? coaching. I love it like from learning so much off the UGP lads and and that, like, I think down the line I want to get into it more, but this year, because of such incentives, I need to focus on playing. I do a small bit of coaching. Who coaches you? Um, interesting. I didn't really have a swing coach since I came back from the States. I got Bradley Hughes's book and worked on all his drills, because I could never figure out how to hit it, hit it straight, but hit from the inside. I always came from the inside. I used to hit a hook, but I learned how to hit it properly from his stuff and then the other time I go to Eamon O'Flanagan for some putting and I went up to Gareth Rafeski and Gordon Smith for wedge play recently but swing, full swing stuff I do it all myself. Daily? Yeah. Is there, when you're coming to coaching now, is there a favourite side? Is there like a favourite demographic? Is it like juniors? Is it like high handicappers? Is it cowboys like me who think they can get to decent level and they're like single handicappers pushing it for more or is it Short game stuff. Pretty much, I like anyone that's passionate. That if I give them drills to work on and stuff to work on over time, that they'll actually do it. There's nothing worse than you give someone the the right information, they come back three weeks later and it's the same stuff again. That's you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I work. I work. Man. Yeah, it's people that want to get better because it's it's infectious. Like it, it's it's an enjoyable lesson to give when they're they're into it and they actually they care about what you're saying. The worst is like when people aren't interested at all and they've just been like, sent for a lesson kind of thing and they've no interest in what you're telling them even though you're you're into it so yeah anyone that's that's passionate about the game it's great to teach so have you a process or have you a system for addressing like when someone comes in have you like a system to adhere to for coaching them pretty much what i learned from the ugp lads is what i still apply so it's analyzing what like impact falls they have kind of whether it be scooping whether it be i don't know hanging back and duffing it or something kind of find the root cause first and then work on drills that'll work them away from that so the big thing is to get moving properly so like i get them swinging heavy ropes and orange whips a lot because most people don't use their body properly if you start a golf late in life you're strong enough to swing the club with your hands and arms so you probably throw it over the top cast it hit the ball high with a slice if we can teach you to move properly use your body hit from the inside you're going to hit a lot better already so and then you can fine-tune it from there he has a system folks we're good <laughs> <laughs> i say that because i was at a thing a few weeks ago um and the podcast will probably go on after this with hugh hugh Marr. Oh yeah, like yeah. He asked the room of pros, like, have you a system? Mm. And like, minimal hands went up, and I got scared. As that, being the only punter, I would say, in the room. Yeah. Now, a bit of that might have been, it was an Irish audience, and like, oh, sure, I'm not, I'm not fucking punting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think it was more of that. And maybe some of the room were club feeders more than coaches. Mm. But that's now my favorite question to ask anyone who's looking at you, is like, have you a system, or have you a process? Yeah, or I think the main process is 
to figure out what the root cause is. It's not teaching everyone the same swing, but it's finding out what that player's trouble shot is and what's causing that, and then working from there how to improve over time on that, yeah. So Santa's bringing the new Titleist. Now this podcast will go out like in January, so Yeah, Santa I'll probably, probably be ordering it in, in January, and then I, I think the, a new set of irons in January as well, obviously. Oh, so. Jesus. Yeah, that'll be nice. That's an extra incentive to hit balls. <laughs> Isn't it? Quick for our Q&A, are you ready? Yeah. What would your walk on song be, Graham? I actually was, I was panicking, going, oh, I never, I never thought about it. Rage Against the Machine, Wake Up, that introduction is just like, you feel badass walking out of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's uh, on the undertones there now. Jim or pizza? Now Jim. I went to Robbie Cannon recently and was there last night. I was there, I was there on Monday. Oh, I'm, I'm still sore every, every session, but it's the time of year to be doing it. Yeah. How many jumps does he have you doing? Oh, lots. Hex bar jumps. My vertical jump is crap. How is your vertical jump? I'm not going to say it's what embarrassing. I'll tell you mine. Mine's like 29.5 or something. I think I was less. He like said I was equivalent. Of age. He said I was equivalent to like a 60 year old jump. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bit of work to do. I can move on. on my, how is your vertical jump? I can't. I can't remember. I can't divulge that, that information. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a secret. What, what have you got in hex bar? And um, 30. Okay, because yeah. like mine was 29.5, and like, sorry for the tangent folks, like, as if I have an audience, I was 29.5, maybe 30, like body weight, mm. just body weight jump. Mm. And he was like, yeah, we'll see how strong you are now, because you look strong, mm. but like, we'll see how you're strong. And we put the hex bar, and then we put 10, 20, 30, we're up to 40. Yeah. I think I was like 20, Robbie might uh, right my wrong, I think it was like 21 or 22 with 40 on the hex bar. Wow. That's pretty good, I, like, I would say. So this shows, like, you need to drop a few pounds, or kilos even, and then, like, because you're not explosive enough, I when it's just you, but when there's weight on, then you, then you use the bar you have, mm. as opposed to when you don't, you just kind of, and your form is terrible as well, and you don't have a bit okay, of weight. Okay. You don't have the hex bar on. Yeah. I was like, fucking, <laughs> <laughs> jump it up. Yeah. But yeah, was, anyone should do, everyone should get a screening for general mobility, let alone for golf. Yeah, yeah. I learned so much from that, so can kind of get stronger and gain a few yards as well over the winter. There's nothing like, have you ever been to the gym in Carlo or Newbridge or? No, no. So it's like, it would be your stereotypical, like, a roid gym. Okay. All, all the boys in. <laughs> they've they've just more mirrors than equipment. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Anyway, the, the one in was decent. They've got like a big, long, maybe like a 20 meter track. Okay. But I was inside, so all the, all the young lads in with their fucking vests on and their fucking... Mm posing yeah, and yeah. I'm there like like Kermit the Frog jump around. I, <laughs> I was actually thinking the same way the Glen Royal moves and they're lefting around the place turning heads but it's uh, it's so then I the hex bar up through fart and I was like yeah, just like you boys now. <laughs> uh, hat visor or bucket hat? Hat or cap like proper peaky cap yeah. Happy Gilmore tin cup? Happy Gilmore. Walk or cart? Walk. Win the open and win the masters? That's a tough one. Um, probably the open. Why? Just so close to home. Remember, I've been up Port Rush for Shane's and it was savage. Like, I'm sure the way you're trending now. 27 inches far away. Instagram or Twitter? Uh, Instagram. Slide into them DMs. <laughs> uh, play or practice? Play. It's dinner time. You've got your five European tour starts. So you've hit the money there down next year. And you're celebrating with a candlelit dinner. Who is that? LG's candlelit dinner. You're at the top of the table here. 
three people down the right. Okay. Three it's not a romantic right. one, is it? <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. You can have the six girlfriends there or boyfriends, whoever you want. I Re would say. Real, alive, dead, fictional, whoever you want. Golfing wise, Tiger and Rory be class. Just imagine, even just being like a, a fly on the wall. Actually, no, Tiger and Ben Hogan. And someone non golfy there, I would say, someone in music, who would I say would be cool to listen to? Probably Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. There'd be some stories from that, like... Throwing TVs out of oh, windows. All sorts, <laughs> all sorts. And then, like, from being in LA, I can imagine all the stories around the place. Be, his book's class, I read it during the lockdown. It's, it's wild, so, yeah, Anthony so Kiedis. Tiger Ben, Anthony Kiedis, who's on the left-hand side? Oh, there's more. I yeah, you more. trade down the right and trade oh, down right. the left. Yeah. Um, it's a popular candlelit dinner celebrating me and LG. Okay. Right, who else? I think Shane would be good crack. Shane Lowry would be great. You'll bring the jug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, Gary Murphy's from the head pro in the cater. He's hilarious as well. So I can imagine there'd be a few good, a, a few good digs thrown there. And then last, who else would I get? I think someone like Elon Musk at the minute. Just it's it's. <laughs> he was just throwing poles out of the table. And going, yeah. Do you want me here or not? No, <laughs> <laughs> so very good. Thanks for your time. Thank really you, Ruddy. Pleasure. People got. Uh, I know I got a lot of good segments and practice and how to approach mm. it. And if I end up at the range, just trying to flush it, like take a step back. <laughs> yeah. Because hey, you're not flushing it, so like. It's <laughs> not this one. Before we're we're in, but thanks for your time. Thanks. Thank you. And thanks, thanks for, for calling by the house. Yeah, it's a nice little studio set up here. I'm happy to be here. See you at the Winter Series. Cheers. That was Liam Grehan of the K-Club, of the Clutch Tour, and definitely of a lot more uh, coming into 2023 and beyond. Great lad. M incredibly humble. Incredibly modest. The lad is a minefield of knowledge and a superior, superb golfer of his ball. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I certainly did. It's one of my favourites. Um, I know it is. Um, when you have these conversations, I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed editing it afterwards. And my God, I actually enjoyed that walk-on song. And straight into the gym, the graft playlist. Um, but also onto the Penny Talk Golf playlist there on Spotify, which I need to update. Yeah, I know I've got like 120 episodes to update. That was a job done over Christmas that I'm promising my future self now uh, <laughs> that's going to get done. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please do share it with your family and friends in your WhatsApp groups and with Facebook and tag friends and get engaged and head over to pennytowersgolf.com and join the timesheet. Um, I don't spam. I, I might send like five a year. <laughs> I, I think I only sent like two, three last year. Uh, we'll try and send one a bit more uh, consistently. This year it'll be around what's in my bag, news, topics of conversation and also a feed into uh, the Beyond Scratch private Facebook group, uh, which is all about that. There's over 100 people in that, all trying to get better, and we organize workshops, and we organize stuff like TPI screenings with Shane Lowry's Robbie, and loads of good stuff. So head over there, pallytoskoff.com. Thank you all very much for listening. A happy new year to you. Um, great to have Liam on, and looking forward to doing more and pressing record again for you. Until we tee up again soon, I'm Paddy. <laughs>